Brent Beard, you would love Tommy's Bakery and Cafe. I just got a text from Brent Beard who said that uh, he's on the way over there to help you eat it. And Tommy just texted me, okay, I'll fix two. See, what a lot of friends I have. A lot of, a lot of friends uh, yeah. I have trying to have willpower here, you know? And my, would, would Mama Shanks help you with that donut, too? I don't know. I just, you know, I, I love the donuts. I mean, just think, a donut with chocolate on top of it, cut in half, and cream cheese in the middle <laughs> with a big old glass of milk. It's He's got unbelievable donuts over there. The uh, build the sugar and salt content of that, I'm sure, would be what? Uh, astronomical. That, that, that'd, oh. uh, that'd be Acuna's... Um, uh, banning average, but boy, I bet it would be good, wouldn't it? Oh, I, I, well, the bad thing is, because of how I've been eating, I'd probably become a diabetic right off the bat <laughs> in, in a heartbeat. Probably would. Alright, Brent Brent Beard from First Coast News in Jacksonville. I had Brent Beard on Twitter. Alabama is uh, done with their coaching staff, I believe. They named Chris Kapilovich the Baylor offensive line coach is their offensive line coach. And then they have uh, poached Brian Ellis off of Georgia Southern mm-hmm. staff to become the tight ends coach. He was the offensive coordinator there at Georgia Southern in Statesboro. So your thoughts on those two final moves there for Kalen DeBoer? Well, um, I mean, uh, with spring practice coming up in basically, gosh, less than a month, they needed to go ahead and get that staff done. So... I mean, both guys are um, well thought of, even though they come from probably, or or at least um, um, one of them comes from a smaller school in Ellis. But still, I mean, he he was the um, Ellis's OC at, at Georgia Southern, so your listeners probably are, are familiar with yeah. him. He was a quarterback at UAB at some point. Our friend Ryan Fowler um, broke that story a little bit earlier uh, today. So, yeah, I, I mean, even though Grubb goes to the, the offense coordinator, goes to the Seahawks, I think they're I think they're pretty pleased with what they were able to do in this day and age of coaches who uh, now, you and I have been doing this for a long time. Correct me here, but I don't ever remember across the board coaches leaving for other jobs, Bill, before. And I guess they have. Uh, but, 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 but in the shadow of uh, uh, spring practice, that, that they're going to have another uh, job somewhere else. My stars, just Georgia State situation. With the Elliott going to South Carolina, they had to they had to delay everything uh, again without belaboring the point. It's just a different day, isn't it, Bill? Well, and obviously uh, we talked about this a lot last week when it happened because it was shocking, and and obviously we found out after the fact that Coach Elliott's wife and kids had re- remained in in Columbia uh, mm-hmm. after he had taken the Georgia State job, which is unusual, obviously. And he he wanted to go back there, so that's why he did that. That's understandable. But still, it does beg the question with what happened with the Boston College coach and then the 
yeah. uh, a decision by Chip Kelly to go from UCLA to be the <laughs> OC at Ohio State, if this is going to be a regular occurrence for people saying, uh, you know, and I even talked a little bit ago in the in the previous segment about Brian McClendon. I, mm-hmm. uh, we haven't heard from Brian McClendon. We don't know why Brian McClendon has made the decision to go to the NFL. Um, and, and look, it's, this is not the first time that college coaches have, have gone to the NFL, have gotten the itch and the and sure. and and the curiosity about the NFL, whether it's Steve Sprayer or, or Brian McClendon, whether it's a head coach or an assistant coach. But you do wonder, don't you, Brent, if sure. all that's going on is making it a little bit more easier for them to make that decision. I don't think there's any question about it. I mean, um, I mean, obviously McClendon was extremely popular among the Georgia players. I mean, he's going to be the wide receivers coach and pass game coordinator probably in some ways that, that that will be hard to turn down. Uh, but I think, I think George is like a lot of these colleges old bill. And look, I, I don't know this for sure, but I'm sure that Kirby would have given him equal money to have had him stay. But some of these guys want to start their career and, and in the NFL that at, uh, at some point, but I wonder if it's going to take, another two or three years for this NIL and the transfer portal to calm down somewhat. But look, with what you hear, and I hear about we may be, a, what, build a year, two or three at the most away from contracts and away from basically a pay scale for these guys uh, and no longer having scholarships. Um, it, I, I don't think there's any question that, that it is giving these guys pause to really think about where they need to go and just coach ball. I, I mean, listen, would you ever believe that these coaches would have 50, uh, analysts bill and, uh, with all that's going on that they still rarely get to coach much. Well, and the sad part is a, a coach like Sean Elliott at Georgia state doesn't have 50 analysts. He no, doesn't. That, no. You know, the, Kirby does, and and a lot of them do. But Kalen DeBoer is probably going to have more at Alabama than he had at Washington. A lot of mm-hmm. them have a tremendous support staff, but but these smaller schools just do not have that, and and that's no. what kind of makes you wonder about things. And yeah, I think you kind of use the term just coach ball. There's no question NFL coaches work a tremendous amount of hours, but they do have some downtime. And while they're worrying about their particular unit for next year, they don't have to worry about recruiting talent. That's a no. big, big deal to a lot of you know. Some people love it, but even yeah. you even wonder if the ones who have in the past, quote unquote, loved it, don't as much anymore. Because I mean, I don't know how the hell they do what they're doing. Um, uh, I don't either. I agree with that. Joe Tiller, when he left Purdue, <laughs> they said, Coach. What will you not miss? And he said, telling a 17-year-old that the state of the program will be decided on what decision he makes. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, whether whether they admit that or not, Bill, isn't that true? Sure. That's ridiculous of what has to go on. No question about it. Brent Beard, our guest from First Coast News, talking college football. Andy Staples had an article today on On3.com that I want to talk to you about. Yeah, and and it discussed the FSU and ACC yeah. lawsuit. Let me read this part for everyone. 
um, and he talked about the the FSU ACC lawsuit being the trigger for additional realignment. And here's what he wrote: How can this happen? Because the ACC opened the door Friday afternoon for the next potential round of realignment. On page 20 of a 40-page filing that asked for dismissal or a stay of Florida State's lawsuit against the conference in Florida's Leon County, the ACC's attorney signaled a path to a logical endpoint in a case being litigated in two different states. The next move after that endpoint is probably yet another reshuffling that will once again alter our Mm -hmm. perception Mm -hmm. of which conferences hold how much power. The ACC, whether intentionally or not, indicated a willingness to negotiate with Florida State. It raised the possibility that there is a yet-to-be-agreed-upon dollar amount that would allow the Seminoles to leave the conference. It's highly doubtful anyone in the conference office would admit this publicly now, but the inclusion of this language in a public court filing feels like proof enough that the divorce is going to happen. Now it's just a matter of how much alimony gets paid. So yes. a very interesting development there. And Andy Staples obviously going through the filing because he has nothing else to do but watching the NBA All-Star <laughs> game over the weekend. No, that's his job. So he's going to do it. He does a does a fine job. But, I mean, that that is a significant development in that situation, isn't it? There's no question. Look, you and I have been talking for <clears throat> several weeks now that, that frankly, behind the scenes – they are trying to get a settlement. I mean, Bill, the reality is someone is able to figure this up. I know the exit fee is like $125 million, but overall, when you put everything together, Florida State folks I've talked to said that they figured it up to be about $500 million. So obviously what they're trying to do is to get that cut in half, right? Uh, That way, ACC can get some money, and they can get out knowing that where they go, which probably we hear is the Big Ten, um, that they will make make that up very quickly in the money that they get from the Big Ten compared to what they get from the uh, ACC. So, um, uh, but, but that was very interesting. Uh, to, to say the least, that and again, uh, we may not understand all the legal lees, but the ACC in in some ways left them a bit of a loophole, didn't they, Bill? Well, it was interesting, and let me ask a couple of follow up questions to this. Now, you you say that about the Big Ten. Why do you think that is the the place for them, and how big could the Big Ten get? Well, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, certainly from. We're, again, a couple hours from Tallahassee, and, and, and the sources that we deal with have told us that, that it looks like it's going to be the Big Ten as far as where they're going to be. I mean, look, I would, I'd love for them to be in the SEC. Um, it would be great to be able to go over there and recover Florida State against someone from the SEC, but that, that's what we continue to hear. Now, again, who knows what could change, but, but, but to your point, which is a good one, is, I mean, we've heard anywhere from, I mean, I mean, probably at least 20. Uh, and then depending on from there, I mean, Bill, can they go to 25? I mean, at some point, my Lord, you've got to cap it, don't you? So, so um, does but, the SEC and Big Ten, obviously, with this little meeting of the minds, what, how, how minimally can we 
describe what they're going to do. Yeah. It's not an alliance, yeah. but it's obviously some sort of agreement to try to act in concert on some subjects. Do they get together and and discuss how to divvy up the ACC? Because, of course, if FSU's won, they're, they're going to follow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do, do you think they would discuss what happens to those teams that are attractive and then how those two super conferences that may be 20 to 22, 24 even, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brent, could act as a one football conglomerate to find a champion and then say, Big 12, you better hop on board and you got a short yep. amount of time That's to right. do it or we're moving on. Yeah, well, and, and I've heard a little bit of that uh, today, too. And, and again, pro, proactive is the key word here. That That's what everybody criticizes the NCAA for because they've just reacted and not been proactive. So there's been a couple of things come up with that day, and, and, and I'll be quick here. But, but back to what you said, I mean, there's still a lot of thought about North Carolina, Clemson, Virginia, uh, I've heard North Carolina, Virginia more to the SEC than to the uh, than to the Big Ten. Uh, Clemson's uh, got to come to the SEC, don't they? I mean, my God, really, really, they really. To. Come on. Now, the other thing that's come forth today is that some of the there's been some people um, that have mentioned more what you and I talked about in the last two or three weeks that the non-Power Five have got to do something to save themselves, right? So that there's been more talk over the weekend and today about the possibility of the non-Power Five looking in to have their own playoff situation and more of their own television situation. So, but, but, but Bill, here again, here's the thing. Would you rather have one team from the group of five in the big boy playoffs, no. Or would you, or, or would you rather have your own playoffs in TV contract? I, I mean, Bill, to me, that's no brainer, isn't it? Well, the amount of money with the contract shouldn't change, even if it was simply the SEC, Big Ten, and Big Twelve. Yeah. In my opinion, I mean, because okay, sure, there are I mean, Pac-12 is dead, so yep. it's like. And and the other, let me ask you this to to try to get to some of these answers. Let's say the let's just say two hundred million dollars is what the ACC gets from FSU. Right, right. What are they going to do with that money? Especially yeah. if they get another quarter of a billion dollars from other teams that leave. Sure. So sure. the remaining what eight teams that are in the ACC. What do they do with that money? Do they create their own? I mean, to me, that ought to be a way to create that second tier that yes. to invite yes. the Conference USA, something like that, the 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 Mountain West, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah possibly. Don't you have to do that, Brent? I mean, mm-hmm. but what are they going to do with all that money if all the teams leave and and our eight teams aren't going to divvy up a extra what? Fifty to sixty million dollars well, a piece, yeah. are they? Yeah. Well, then, and, and that's the question that I don't think anyone really understands right now. But I mean, certainly, 
they they need revenue streams. Um, and uh, I mean, again, who can they coerce? Uh, and what what else can they do? I mean, I mean, look, that'd be a nice problem to be able to have that. But Bill, again, uh, before they get to that point, if you know these other teams are leaving, you've got to do something to set up some kind of advantage for yourself, even if they do. And I mean, I I get the fact of Cal and SMU coming over and Stanford. Uh, ridiculous. Uh, that, that you you know that, that's really not a fit. But that th- they were smart enough to know that they're going to lose some schools, so they might as well get prepared. So the so the point is, again, that that we come back to the sooner these these folks not going to the SEC or the Big Ten can can prepare themselves, the better they're going to be. But but if even if they'll be flushing money, what's the big deal if their conference is going to be crap? Well, right. I mean, uh, at least for football, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, isn't I mean, it a time that we also have the conversation of can't we do things for football and 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 uh, yes. like Chip Kelly said, go back to more regional situations for the other sports that makes sense. Uh, a whole lot more sense. Yeah, yes. That and see, that's something a lot of people haven't talked about. They that they think all this is going to be uh, including all sports when it when it may not be. Yeah. Uh, that that's part of what we hear. That's going on to your point that the Olympic sports will stay more regional, but football will not, obviously, because it's the, it's the money maker and they can go anywhere they want to and they'll be okay. Well, it, it's it's just uh, obviously it's just an interesting situation here, but it almost seems like, especially after what Andy Staples wrote this morning, that until that first domino falls. But right, here's the right. other thing that I think is kind of interesting too, Brent, is we are now in mid-February. So March, April, May, June, July, mm-hmm. August. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're six and a half months until the beginning of the season. Right. And if anything were to happen quickly, that would be an extreme change um, because there, there's already talk about expanding from 12. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> to 14 or 16. Right. And, yeah, yeah. And, but that, but, but does, doesn't, I'm sorry, but doesn't that have to coincide with either expansion slash reorganization for mm-hmm. that to be the potential format, Brent? Possibly. But, but, see, here's another thing that uh, for folks to keep in mind, if for Florida State to leave, you remember when we talked about this last summer. Sometime this summer, they have got to give the league notice right. that they're leaving. Yeah. So, so a, that, is it May? Kind of, when is that date, Brent? Do you know? No, I, I, Bill. It's, I think it's in um, uh, maybe July, early August. Okay. But 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 again, to your point, uh, you know, people are thinking, well. You know, it's February, we're okay, but, but, Bill, when you're making decisions like this, the clock's ticking, isn't it? Oh, yeah. 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 Now, one more thing, and we'll let you go, and I'll be appreciate you being with us. Charles Barkley last night on the NBA All-Star Game went off on the yeah. NIL to yeah. the commissioner of the NBA, um, mm-hmm. Adam Silver. And Silver talked about the fact that he has had many discussions with the new uh, NCAA president, who he labeled as more 
proactive than reactive because Charles yeah. went off to the NCAA as he has in the past about simply being reactive. And as mm-hmm. we've said, the damn right. trains left the station. I mean, they should have done what they should have done yes. 10 years ago to prepare for all this damn mess that they've got everything in. Yes. Um, and now the, they were referring more to the NIL situation, but I still thought it was interesting that Adam Silver said he had had discussions with with the NCAA president who was located there in Indianapolis. Does Roger Goodell and Adam Silver, do they need to be involved in these conversations to a certain extent? Look, I I don't think there's any question about that. I I mean, Bill, uh, uh, now, I'm not saying that this is necessarily going to happen, but you hear this, is that one day is college football basically going to be, for lack of a better word, a minor league for the NFL, right? I mean, I mean, you've heard that you've heard that like I have, and and you know, and we don't know what that necessarily means. We we may not like it, but we know that's out there. And if you're both those commissioners, Bill, don't you want to be in? You may not be at every meeting, uh, even virtually, but don't you want to know what's going on all the time? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I do. That's your talent pool. Yeah, right. there's no question. I mean that that's your talent pool, and I think even I think even the possibility of your future talent pool becoming more enriched, yes, literally, yes. is something that should be of interest to those two leagues. Well, all the leagues, but particularly the NBA and the NFL. And that that I just found that very interesting last night, and that it kind of caught my eye. And so, well, you know. Look in in the in the notes that we share. One of the most most I'm not going to say alarming. I just thought it was illuminating. Was uh, I'm sure you've seen this that only about 50 college players went out early for the uh, NFL compared to what we've had before, right? Oh, yeah. Like well. 125 or whatever whatever it's been, and and the now. If there is a good thing about the NIL, and I know there's some good things, but uh, to me, keeping these guys in school where they're playing, when, when some of them keep some of them from getting bad advice and going out early when they don't need to, I, I frankly think that's a positive. Well, it is, and and you know, could it lead to a certain? Well, I don't know if that's right or not. I was going to say, could it lead to a certain increase in some of the? graduation rates or at Maybe. least to have Maybe. certain a certain percentage of players who may leave early but how is that going to happen if they're changing schools every year or two that's uh, tough isn't yeah it? yeah they I don't agree. give a damn and, about going to school and, and, still, yeah know. do they do they tie it in to grad, do they somehow reward the players bill and tie it in to graduation rates well, I, I, you know, I, I tried to get an NIL attorney to come on with me, and he would not. Really? And and I, I do not think that you're going to find any, because I don't think we know any details of how NIL goes. Right. You know, right. We, we've asked the question, are any of the NIL deals tied to bowl play, bowl participation? You know, mm-hmm. do you save some of the money for bowl participation? Do you get it all up front? Well, I mean, there are a yeah. lot of questions that are, yeah. are, are just simply not answered in this situation with nil that i think would be interesting to know and obviously i mean this guy i can't remember his name but he was one of the top nil agencies and it was his agency and he's no 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 so 
I mean, but it's hard to get a grasp on things if we simply do, don't know. When are these players wonder, getting paid? I mean, forget about how much they're getting paid. Right. We know, right. We're, but when are they getting paid? What do you have to do to I get agree. paid? We don't even know that. No, no, we don't. And by the way, I will pass this on to you. I do some uh, radio with with our friend uh, Terry Norvell, and the other day he had an NIL attorney on Bill who was willing to come on. Really? Wow. Okay. Uh, yes. Good for Terry. Yes. And the guy, and the guy, frankly, was uh, fascinating. But see, with this stuff that 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 we're talking about, Bill, if they had, and we're going this way, uh, I believe, if they had contracts, would what you've been talking about in the last five minutes be in a contract? Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? Certainly, I don't know how you yeah. avoid it. I, I don't either. I, I agree mean, with that. But I, but again, uh, uh, frankly, wouldn't some of that be pretty positive too? Well, I think so, and I think it will give coaches a better idea of what they're going to have from year to year, especially if they're they some of these players are locked up in two-year contracts. Right. Absolutely. Because I don't, I don't know how – if you have a five-star player and you want to get him compared to the other school, I mean, we've talked about this in the past. Do you offer a two-year contract instead of a one-year contract? Do you offer a three-year yeah. contract instead of yeah. a two-year contract? Yeah. Right. Is right. guaranteed money for three years going to get one player to come to your school compared to he's only offered one year well, by the other school? And then if you get a player it, it, yeah. for a three-year contract and then he's a jerk, what do you do? Yeah. Well, boy, yeah. And, and Bill, could, the, could a longer contract uh, make as much of a difference to some of these guys than the money would? Sure. Maybe. Maybe I mean that. I, that's what I, I mean. I'll have, we'll have to check with Terry to see if those questions were asked or if he got any insight on that. But I, I mean, it was just one person I had a, a chance to contact, and it was uh, you know I, because I don't think we know the answers to these no, questions. Well, well no, right. And right, coaches, you know, if I had Kirby Smart on here and I said, Kirby, can you offer a three-year contract to Juju Lewis? In the way he's going to answer that question. No, oh no, absolutely not. I wouldn't either, no. to be honest with you. <laughs> no, I, no, I but, but and this is more discussion on the other day. I mean, I mean, you know, with the I'm I'm curious with the circle of Georgia people that you know, or they, or are they working through their angst with this bill, or or have some of them said. Uh, I'm I'm almost quitting college football until they get this straightened out. Uh, we're winning right now. They don't give a damn. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. But, if, but look, if you're if you're winning, it's not that big of a deal. No, if you're losing, no, absolutely, it's not. You can gripe more if you're losing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, but, good segment, good stuff, good conversation here um, about things we just can't figure out. Uh, that's the story really. of my show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk it out, but by gosh, we can't figure it out. Brent Beard, I agree. First Coast News, at Brent Beard on Twitter. Thank you. Always, brother. Take care.